Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 242 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you? I'm doing fine, Joe. How was your weekend? So it feels like the weekend was so far away back there. Yeah. Well, it was it was <laughs> Mother's Day weekend. Yes, it was. Yes. I heard you I went, went bike riding. I went bike riding on Sunday, got the old bikes out. Um, this is not the old man podcast. That's uh, Long Box Heroes After Dark. Yeah. Um, no, you know, all right. Just it's it, May is generally a very busy month um, with Mother's Day and my wife's birthday and uh, my birthday and all the stuff with like my kids school wrapping up, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah, just busy. Like we had like we have something going on like every single day, every thing of the weekend in the month of May. And I think it like rolls over in like to the first weekend in June as well. You know, it's just busy. Eh, you know, having a having a wife and a kid is busy sometimes, you know? <laughs> yeah, big flex there, Joe. Big flex. I get it. You're yeah. you're loved, all right? <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I just you know. <laughs> Um, I-, I wanted to not be outdone by your physical exertion, so I went kayaking on Saturday. Oof. <laughs> um, before we met, my wife was a big whitewater rafter. Okay. And I just feel as though getting into the water in, like, a tube or, like, a piece of plastic with a stick, <laughs> you know? Um, I, I just, I-, I don't like my chances, Um, just because like I am and have been a broken down old man for the last, you know, the 28 years going back, let's say 30 years going on (laughs) almost. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's just, I, I'm like, I'm going to die. I'm going to crack my head on a rock. I'm going to get stuck, you know, is even before I was a fat mess. Now that I'm a fat mess, forget about it. You'd have to like tape two kayaks together and have to wear them like (laughs) shoes. So where does what, where does one go kayaking? Um, on, well, I'm sure there's many places people can do it. I do it on the Susquehanna, uh, mm-hmm. river. Um, but my buddy lives out in Bloomsburg and, uh, like he like lives, you can see the, the river from his condo, you know? So we basically, what we do is we take two vehicles and we go to like the drop off point. That's like upstream right by his condo. Okay. We, we chained the boats to like something you know like there's like fences and stuff like that and then we both drive a couple miles downstream drop off the truck and then drive all the way back upstream again so the point is that there's a vehicle at each end and then we jump in the kayaks and basically take it down well a little bit upstream until you get tired and then you just drink the entire way downstream (sighs) so it's probably like i don't know like a cup like four or five miles, but because it's downstream, the only time it's really, like, not even bad, but, like, there's some type of rapids is when you get near the bridges, and you just have to make sure you don't, like, steer into a bridge, like the supports. But other than that, it's a pretty uh, uneventful trip. Other than the fact that I decided to make landfall somewhere because I had to pee, and I made the joke that I now own this land because I peed on it. And then the the owner came over to investigate why people were on their land. Uh, but other than that, it was uh, a nice day of day drinking on the water. Yeah, again, you know, I don't, you know, I, I, we mentioned on the show 
um, before, but obviously there was an incident that happened on the show that not actively, but definitely passively got me to stop drinking. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, if you're reading between the lines. <laughs> um, yeah, but good for you. I'm glad you got out. I'm glad you're socializing. I'm glad you're putting your life in danger, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's my one time I'm leaving the house this month, and then <sighs> next month will be all back. All yeah. right. There you go. Oh, you're going to actually grace us with your presence this time? Well, they booked the boar, so <laughs> this time I'm going. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm not just going to any old show. You need to put a top guy on the show and a top girl in Erica Lee. Touche. Just shitting in the mouth of the rest of the crew. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm off the payroll. I'm not. Uh, I'm a free agent. I'll uh, I'll say what I want into this microphone. <laughs> I'll say what I want to, but just when the boss asks me to. That's all. Yeah. There you go. Uh, but June 16th, we'll get that out of the way. I, I forgot to plug it last week, but I, I should mention it here um, because tickets went on sale yesterday, I think, as we record this. So tickets went on sale Wednesday. That was and, the, the first time I saw the post about it. And I already bought my ticket, and I'm trying to convince a buddy of mine to buy a ticket, too. So Yeah, yeah. And it's it's back on Friday, too, so keep that in mind as well, you know? Mm. Yeah, I'm looking uh, forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I forgot to plug it last week, but because like the tickets are available, I would be remiss not to say like, hey, it's sold out like in five days last time with nobody announced. Yeah. yeah and like now, said, uh, listen, if if it's getting Adam out of the house, then it's going to get everyone out of the house. I think when uh, the boar brings the uh, the merch box to the uh, Lehigh Valley, you know? Yeah. Oh, I hope he brings the VCW belt. I want a Mark photo with that. I, I think you're, from from your lips to his ears, listen to the show. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you could charge double for those Mark photos. <laughs> All right, but anyways. Yeah, let's get to the show, huh? Yeah. And now, At Odds with Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. Uh, so, hey, uh, this day in wrestling history, um, in the early 2000s, mid-2000s, there were two back or two Judgment Day pay-per-views that happened, one in 2003 and one in 2008. It's all ruthless aggression era. Yeah, and I was, I was, as I was putting the lists of these shows together, for the most part... If you put these cards together and say, did this match happen in 2003 or 2008? I'd be like, whoo, that's a noodle scratcher. I'm not uh, not too sure about that. Um, but no, they're, they're, I'm making a joke. But the uh, cards aren't that too far off. Just in my mind, they are, you know? Yeah, a lot of the same era talent. You know, not as much turnover during those five years. Yeah, but I remember, I, I remember more of the 2003 stuff. Um, more so like what the 2003 stuff led to as opposed to like the 2008 stuff. Like once you're into 2008, like your guess is as good as mine. Like I was like, I was following, but I was kind of sort of checked out at WWE at that point, you know? Yeah. And 2003 still had the stink of WCW and ECW on it, you know, of, as far as the talent a lot. And they were pretty much gone by 2008. Yeah. Um, so again, you know, whatever about those shows and whatever, um, just want to mention them. I didn't see a lot online about them. Another thing I didn't see a lot online about was on this day in wrestling history, 
1997, uh, World Championship Wrestling held their Slamboree event from Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, a very interesting show. This was um, both Reggie White and Kevin Green wrestling on the same show. Okay. Reggie White in a singles match with Steve McMichaels, which goes 15 minutes. That's about 13 minutes too long. Absolutely. And then a main event of the NWO, Hall, Nash, and Six, uh, taking on Ric Flair, Roddy Piper, and Kevin Green. That's probably the work rate match of the show, right? Well, okay, so you say that, right? <laughs> um, jokingly, but there's a Regal versus Ultimo Dragon match that opens the card, which is amazing. Um, there's a Double J versus Dean Malenko match that's really good. And there's a Meng versus Chris Benoit match on this card, which is advertised as a death match. No. Oh. <laughs> and I think and I think any match involving Chris Benoit is technically a death match. But uh, this I remember this match vividly because this was the first WCW match that they officially had as part of the rules that you had to tap out in a submission. Yeah, like, I feel like it took a while, because ECW was probably the first one to say tap out. Yeah, because you know, of Taz. Was, like, yeah. late late 96, or, like, late, no, uh, yeah, so, like, mid to late 96 and early 97, ECW was doing it. But this was the first time that I saw it in one of the big two, you know? Yeah, because it, it was the cool thing, because it was UFC was starting to ascend at that point, and they, they always just said, like, submit or something like that. Yeah, like, you had to say, I quit, or, you know, whatever, like, I'd tell the referee that I give up, but, like, to, like, do the actual, like, having tapping out being part of the rule set of the match, like, this was the probably the first time that I saw it in the big two. Okay. And so, I'll never, like, oh, that's interesting, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, like, who won that Meng versus Benoit match, do you remember? I think Meng won. Ah, and then Benoit was thirsty for revenge after that, no matter That's where right. he could find it. <laughs> he had a vendetta with death ever since. <laughs> yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. So we have our 1998 Raw versus uh, Nitro head-to-heads. Uh, both shows are live. Raw is still two weeks away from the big pay-per-view coming up. And it's we're still in that era of you know, Attitude Era is still trying to find its way. We, we've we been getting vignettes for weeks, but this is the first uh, match of Val Venus in uh, WWF. Oh, pl- play the spotlight on Val Venus music. Let's go. No, no, that's for another show. Oh, I got confused. Sorry. Um, the Road Warriors uh, are sick and tired of this three-on-two advantage that the Disciples of Apocalypse have. And they tell us that next week they're going to bring out a third Road Warrior. Is that Draws? It is. Okay, sorry for the spoilers. <laughs> and it's around this time where, like, maybe, like, last week or the week before, where they finally like, give up on, like, okay, DX aren't heels, they're baby faces, and they're feuding with the Nation of Domination. Okay. Because if you remember when, like, Waltman comes out and, like, cuts the promo on... um cuts the promo on Bischoff and stuff, and they're doing all the, we're invading WCW sort of bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. They still um, like are positioned on TV as heels. They're not baby faces. And I have to find it here. I'd sent it to Kevin, so I gotta find it here. Yeah, because no. the, 
like everybody remembers the you look to your blood, you look to the click promo, but that show ended with DX all doing like a there was like a heel run in, you know? So like they were positioned as heels, as you said. Right. They beat down Terry Funk and Cactus Jack, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But the thing I wanted to play off of this, okay? So as all of this is building up. Um, you know, everyone remembers the first DX invasion where they drove a tank into WCW's backyard, right? <laughs> exactly. Yep. Big Abrams right. tank with treads. Definitely and wasn't a definitely wasn't a green PVC pipe on the back of a Jeep. Okay. Nope. I saw them loading the shells myself. What we forget is they did this same shtick like every week, right? Mm-hmm. Where like, oh, they go to CNN Tower, they go to the, you know, I mentioned it last week. And they don't talk so much about those ones, okay? But this is the one that I wanted to play, okay? Because mm. this one is maybe the worst of them all. <laughs> Volume's low, but there's a nut tap. Oops. Yeah, the, it's this I don't think is even on the, uh, whatchamacallit? On the cock? Yeah. Nah, you know what? I'm going to actually edit this out because this stinks. Um, but it's um, them at an airport and they go to stock footage of an airplane flying okay. and Triple H in the cockpit of the airplane and his joystick and he blows up a sign that says where Nitro is that night. And it's real lame and it's real cringy and you'll have to take my word for it. But like WWF has scrubbed it completely from memory. It's not on the Nitro version of the cock that exists. And all the versions that are on YouTube sound like shit. Like we just tried to play here. Yeah, I have zero memory of that. Yeah. And that's the thing. They they control the narrative and they're able to make you forget about the stuff that sucked, you know, and just Mm -hmm. the highlights. How dare they? Well, listen, when you win, you get to write your own narrative, you know? Yeah. Speaking of writing your own narrative, okay? Nitro is preempted. Uh, It's only an hour long this week. And I think the NBA finals are still going on. It's the night after uh, uh, Slamboree. I almost said Slammiversary. (laughs) Slamboree. And, you know, we talked last week on Nitro where Eric Bischoff lays down the challenge to Vince McMahon. And Adam remembered things happening a little bit differently, but it happens here on this episode of Nitro of what Adam remembers. Oh, it's the bike thing. That's Eric Bischoff in the ring. I guess he's uh, declared himself the king. Is that what he's done? Is that his crown? (laughs) Fans, if you saw Slamboree last night... uh, Tony's very sassy. Go ahead. It is so good to be king. And as I ponder my future in this sport I love, I have to look back at the past. In fact, as I look back at the past hundred weeks, I realize that right now my professional 
television record is 98 and 2. But that's not good enough because now that my professional wrestling in-ring record is 2 and 0, oh, I have to make a decision. Yes, I've defeated Larry Zabisco and now I have good. defeated Vince McMahon. Eric's television life is at a nine and his uh, personal life is at a two. Is that what he's saying? <laughs> I think so. I think that's uh, what I got. Listen, he's bragging. He's running his mouth. You know, WWE made two dings against him. But, um, you know, the tide, uh, it, it, houses are up, okay, for WCW. Mm-hmm. But, you know, by the end of the year, they're in the shitter, man. Like, ratings-wise, attendance-wise, everything-wise. And this is 98, right? It's 1998, yes, sir. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I remember, you know, working, I worked at Kmart in 98, and you looked everywhere, and there was WCW, like, race cars and WCW, like, shirts and hats, and, like, they were at the top of the game with merch. I don't know if it was selling, but it was everywhere, you know? Right. Uh, Like, I know, like, the local Boscovs and everything else around here, like, all of, like, and, you know, we're up north, and we didn't get WCW merchandise in, like, the early and mid-90s, but once the NWO hits and into, like, late 96 into 97, it was everywhere, like, Walmarts, Boscovs, Kmart, everywhere. Yeah. Wow. And it would I'm still sure. take like another, like it would take like a, like you know, you had your Austin, your your DX stuff, but it would still take like another like six months before the like the the WWF stuff was everywhere. Yeah, I, I think it was like like a Spencer's Gifts or Hot Topic type of store where you know I first started seeing the the DX shirts and the Austin yeah. 16 shirts. But all right, what else you got? So it's an hour Nitro. It's coming off the pay per view. Um, you know, and they devote a, a bunch of the hour that they have to Bischoff bragging about his uh, countout victory over Vince the night before. But they also show Chris Jericho throwing a temper tantrum backstage. Now, I know it's not happening on this day 25 years ago, but I would be remiss not to play one of the greatest moments in WCW history. I'll allow it. He is super. Oh. You notice this guy's hat never comes off he's the master of trick track the master of defunct he is super Calo. look at those moves ladies and gentlemen <laughs> he's got about a one in ten chance of winning maybe <laughs> next from el paso mexico oh. this guy used to be a great bartender but as it translated to his wrestling skills He's the scourge of the illustrious Guerrero family. He is Chavo Guerrero Jr. How true that statement would become. Yeah. Coming out next from Mexico. This is a rags the riches story from selling chimichangas on the streets. Ciclo pain. Damien, he can't afford a mask. He's using paint. But sooner or later, he's going to buy a mask. I'm guaranteeing you that. Here we go. The winner of the Lou Ferrigno lookalike contest. <laughs> This guy's also from Mexico, El Dandy! Coming out next, he's the world welter light featherweight pacer champion. <laughs> he is El Grillo! I have no idea who that is. <laughs> now this guy pulled up in a nice rusted out 68 Al Camino Chevy. 
He's the ugliest man in our sport. Oh, how dare you? He's the illustrious Quasi Juice Guerrero. A former champion in many countries. He's going to be a killer. Chili drops. Rock, rock, never stop. Marty Giannotti, ladies and gentlemen. Coming out next from Allentown, PA. He is a lost and lonely soul. His name is Kidman. And Kidman, I got some calamine lotion for you after the show. <laughs> this guy's the true shooter of WCW. Does he have a chance? Zero out of ten. No way. He's having courageous, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Straight from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Oh, yeah. I want my lover, kid, lover boy, Tint, back, Lenny Lane. And, of course, we got Psychosis. He's got a lot of hubcaps in his collection. One, we'll procure you one for you after the show. This guy is Silver King. If he wins 12 more matches, he'll be upgraded to Golden King. <laughs> okay. So, a couple things about that. So, the, the guy who comes out in the blue outfit, right? Uh -huh. um, I think he was put in there as a ringer to make people think that he was, like, going to be the surprise reveal. Okay. Because I have no clue he, who he was. And the bit about Evan Courageous being the true shooter of WCW, there was a, I, if I remember correctly at the time, there was a thing about Goldberg cocking off to him backstage. And Evan Courageous in 1998 was a nobody, right? Yeah. And he stood his ground and kind of like backed down Goldberg backstage. <laughs> that's awesome Fuck right <laughs> so again there's only so much time that you could fit on some of these clips but uh, i would be remiss not to play the payoff to this and the reason jericho was so upset awesome little handshake well, good good may the best man win wait wait a minute he just moving uh, just eliminated himself moving just eliminated himself wait a minute wait a minute Zico pay what's he doing here he's unmasking listen he's to this reaction Look at the fire from Dean Malenko, goddamn! Like the crowd, like it's like a, you got an Orange Cassidy pop. Dean Malenko, like this, he is on fire. Never have I seen him like this. What a charade this was, and it worked. Dean Malenko, breath of sickle bang. On, get him, Jericho. On the attack, and he is hell on destroying Jericho here. And he's got two eyes and a thousand holes. Into the rock, up and down. Oh, right back. Malenko again, drop hit. Down goes the champ. A hamstring or something. No, guess not. He's not moving. He's fighting through the pain. Is what he's doing, Brain. Are we going to Texas? Oh, he's kick out. Right and they're standing in Worcester, Mass. Turn him, turn him, turn him. Listen to that reaction for Dean Malenko. Keep your eye on Jericho. He's going for the ropes. He's trying to Look make the it ropes. two feet away. Look the ropes. He's close. Two feet. He's a foot away. He gets pulled back! He can't make it! He can't make it! How much longer can he withstand that pain? And that much longer! Ridiculous. Jericho wasn't prepared for Dean Malenko. It's redemption for Dean Malenko! Like, I don't remember him getting that pop, like... 
were they just reacting to everything positively or was he like missed? Because I don't remember caring about Dean Malenko. The Jericho stuff was getting so over and the rest of the WWE stuff was so lame and so stale by this point. Like that was the only thing that was really getting like a definitive reaction at mm-hmm. this time. And like, obviously, you know, you're saying like, oh, you know, Jericho this and Jericho that. But like this builds to like so much more Jericho stuff that we're going to cover over the next couple of weeks on this day in wrestling history with all this, you know? Yeah. Um, But I will say this. Uh, watching that again now and watching that again to prepare for the show, that is how the Sting-Hogan match at Starcade should have been. Sting comes down, Hogan's in the ring, kind of cowers a little bit, tries to make the, the quick start, and then Malenko, or Malenko, Sting just <laughs> kicks his ass for a minute, puts him in the Scorpion Deathlock, and then that's the match. Yeah. And the crowd went out of their mind. Well, and I really think, because Jer- like we talked about it before on the show, that like the Cruiserweight title was nothing. Waltman gets fired. They put the they give the belt to Jericho, and Jericho is just kind of given free reign to do whatever he wants, and gets like himself, Malenko, Hooventude, and then division over. Right in mm-hmm. what five months, whatever that time frame is. Yeah, and I really think that them doing this sort of finish was. Not a purposeful thing, but definitely in the back of some people's mind of like, eh, this is what we could have did with Sting and uh, Hogan six months prior at Starcade. Yeah, I mean, on one hand, Hogan like should have done that because you're not paid by the hour. But at the same time, his ego probably wouldn't let him get squished. Right. And uh, I'll just end this segment on saying I miss you, Chris Jericho. Please unblock me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, just two more things real quick. Uh, No paparazzi productions this week on this day in wrestling history. Uh, There was actually Nash physicality on the uh, episode of Night or the episode of uh, Impact from 2006 on this day. We shouldn't have even done the show if there wasn't going to be any paparazzi production. But go ahead. (laughs) And one thing that I'm shocked that I have not seen more people talking about today, um, on this day in wrestling history in 2002, uh, Davy Boy Smith passed away. Uh, I mean, if you're going to – I don't see anybody's anniversary death stuff on Twitter that much, you know, just because it's like – I do. Like, yeah. you know, like it was Dusty's passing and it was this person's passing and that sort of thing. But it's just like, and again, I'm not going to say it's because like superstar Billy Graham just passed away yesterday as we're recording this. But like, I don't know, Bulldog was like a pretty influential guy in wrestling. Like he was back and forth in both promotions like multiple times. Um, You know, the early 80s tag team stuff, like whether it be in Japan or, you know, WWF. And there's stories that like there was a bidding war in 1985 between... Uh, Jim Crockett Promotions, Bill Watts, UWF, and WWF to get the British Bulldogs. And Vince got them and still allowed them to work Japan. And the only other person at that time, in like 85 and 86, that he was allowing to still work Japan with their other commitments were Andre and Hulk Hogan. Mm. You know, so like for them to like treat the Bulldogs and like, yeah, you could still like do your all Japan stuff at that time was like, you know, I kind of you know in retrospect like they're a pretty big deal you know 
Yeah, I saw him at my first indie show at the Scranton Cultural Center. I think it was after after his first WWE singles run before he went to do like the beach stuff for WCW. Okay, right around there. So I I have a Mark photo somewhere of like a a 12 year old Adam. And I know I was wearing Zuba's pants. (laughs) If that helps paint a picture, Uh, but I'd love to find that picture. That would have been like 92, 93 ish, like late 92, early 93. Cause he leaves WWF November of 92, November, December of 92. And then he's in WCW by like that February, like February of 93. So like, it was like a three month window where he was on the Indies, you know? Yeah. I remember that he was advertised as having uh, a world title match for whatever the shindy (laughs) belt was. And, he was the challenger, obviously, but he came out with the belt and then won that belt, which was very confusing for me. Not like just, you know, trying to apply logic to what I was seeing, you know. And where was this show? This is Scranton Cultural Center. Get the hell out of here. I have no memory of that show. And like I lived in the area and was a wrestling fan. I yeah. think I would. Oh, man, I'm shocked. I've never heard of that. Yeah, 100%, because the Scranton Cultural Center, you know how it's like a, a theater-type seating? Yeah. You know? And they had the ring right on the stage, and then you just sat in the, you know, the whatever the seats were. Maybe a couple rows up on the stage as well, you know, premium seating. I don't remember anything else about that night other than the Bulldog. Unbelievable. And, uh, I yeah, I have shitty memory, but, like, I remember that, you know? Like, I have photos somewhere. I'd love to find that picture. Get cracking on that. I'm gonna. I think I, I definitely don't have it at my house. It's gotta be at my mom somewhere. All right. So that. enough about history stuff. Let's get into what we uh, watched from this past week and we'd like to talk about. All right. Um, I'm not gonna go right to the the, the breaking news from yesterday. Um, eh. I'm gonna start with my court mandated skimming through WWE that I did. And <laughs> Uh, I, I I did see on SmackDown this past Friday, uh, I, and by this past Friday, I mean yesterday when I watched all of my week of wrestling, um, I saw that Roman and Solo are going to challenge Sammy and Kevin Owens at the Saudi Blood Money show. Um, the reason I bring this up is we have not mentioned the Bloodline story since WrestleMania, and rightfully so, because I, I was a bigger fan than you were, I think. Uh, because I, I tried to bring it up a bunch, but I lost interest not only when you had, you know, Sammy not get the WrestleMania world title shot, but also when they were like, hey, here's Matt Riddle, get him over. And like that left a bad taste in my mouth. So I just kind of lost interest in all of it. But the reason why I'm bringing it up is because after that pay-per-view, which is in two weeks that I won't be watching either, it is going to be hilarious when Roman has four belts because they're not going to have him lose, and nor should they because he's Roman Reigns, and they're trying to build up Solo as this like killer as well. And you're not going to have Roman on this show when he rarely wrestles and not win, and I think it's just going to be funny with them having to in the future figure out ways to get belts off of Roman because they're not smart enough to just, Hey, let's not have them challenge for titles. So I think it's silly that they're potentially and more likely than not painting themselves into another corner where they're going to have to figure out a way to get another belt off of Roman. So, okay. Um, I don't think there's backlash per se against Roman. 
But I think there's starting to become backlash against all the bloodline stuff. And I get where you're coming from. It's like, oh, I got to get four belts off Roman, right? Mm-hmm. I think they're going to lose. I think Solo is going to get pinned. And this is going to become where, like, the island of relevancy is Roman and Paul. And he's going to toss the other three out after Night of Champions. Because everyone is, like, so, like, I think a lot of people are wearing on, like, the the drama of, like, okay, more infighting with the bloodline. Like, oh, Jimmy and Jay are being treated this way. And Solo's, you know, Roman's right-hand man. But I I definitely think they need to do something to kind of, like, make that line of delineation where, like, Roman is here and the rest of them are over here. Mm. No, I agree. I, I mean, I'd be surprised if it happens, though. Yeah, I, I'm shocked Sammy and Kevin are going to uh, Saudi Arabia, but, you know, stranger things have happened. Yeah, that is interesting. Like, I wonder, uh, I certainly haven't seen them say anything one way or another about it, but I'm yep. curious as to what changed their mind other than money. Money. A, a large donation to, you know, Sammy's favorite charities or something like that. I'm pretty sure Kevin Owens has been pretty quiet on social media of late, you know? Mm. Interesting. And, and usually he's a, he's a bit of a, and again, I you know say it like this, but like a bit of a, you know, his last tweet was uh, Feb, uh, April 9th to promote the uh, Dusty A&E biography. Was that like I don't know my timelines. When was the UFC? When did the UFC buy or merge with the WWE? After that. Okay. All right. We don't deal in rumor, rumor and innuendo, but take it for what you will. Exactly. All right. What do you uh, got? Okay. So what I got is you're talking about stuff that happened on SmackDown. I am. You're you're talking about something that happened on SmackDown, but didn't happen on SmackDown, if that makes any sense. Sure. It, it, the seeds are planted on SmackDown, but we're yet to see the, the results. Well, no, no. Um, so it was um, after SmackDown was done, there was discussion that there was a segment that was filmed for SmackDown that didn't air on SmackDown. And it ended up airing on the YouTube show for SmackDown. Okay. Um, Saturday morning, which I think it airs. So, uh, and, and it's very important and integral to what this show is. Oh, go ahead. Welcome back, everyone, to the SmackDown Lowdown. I am pleased to be joined by the Street Profits, who are new to the blue brand and looking to make an impact Bootleg on the team division. Gentlemen, we are so happy to have you here on the blue brand, but I have to ask you one take news that we learned tonight. <laughs> Tag titles will be on the line at Night of Champions when Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens take on Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. So, my gosh! Hey, look, the two newest draftees to SmackDown, and what I guess the correspondence now, yeah, because I they're just going to talk about other tag teams instead of actually being in the matches, right? Ain't that special? That can't make you guys feel good, and I can relate to it. It's got to chap you a little bit, right? What? You're right. Dogs, look who it is. I know. It's Mr. Well, let me talk to you. Yeah. You know, that's just a little bit of hostility of us coming to the blue brand. Yeah, I know. I'm starting to sense it too. You know what I'm saying? But if he knows what's good for him, he might want to mind his own business. Mm. 
You don't really mean that. Does he have any business? Does he have any business? Not at all. You you don't really mean that, do you? Because if you really think about what this is, I can beat you with anybody. I can beat you with anybody. Hey, buddy, come here. Come on over here. Okay. Brother's crushing right now. Yeah. Tell the boys who you are. Oh, I'm glad you asked. My name's Rick Boogs. And what that means is LA Knight and the Boogs going to be taking down the Street Profits. Yeah. Okay. Oh, sure. Show me how to do that. Come on. Yeah, I'm it out. <laughs> Oddly, that makes sense. That pairing. Okay. I don't want to say that somebody at WWE has got both me and Josh Bishop's letters, but I think somebody at WWE has got both me and Josh Bishop's letters. <laughs> and I forget who tweeted this at me, but if WWE doesn't name their team the Boogsy Knights, then they're leaving money on the table. <laughs> Oh, it's LA Knight still a thing, huh? He never stopped being a thing. Well, he, he's been listen. He's been wrestling the dark matches, okay, but he's been getting huge reactions. You see the video of the crowds going nuts for him. Um, LA Knight will never stop being a thing. I'm <laughs> waiting for the I'm waiting for the announcement of the LA Knight Elite. Come on, come on, Mattel, where you at? <laughs> Uh, why stop there? Let's just go right to an ultimate. Let's go if to they, an ultimate. Yeah, if they want to sell the next crowdfund thing, have that be like the top tier. <laughs> you know, get ten thousand backers and get an LA Knight Ultimate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's really the only thing that I liked from WWE this week. Uh yeah. I don't really have anything else from WWE. I'll just say, I I, I have no analysis for this you know i don't have my deep research that i normally do on a topic i just want to say the end of dynamite this week uh you know whatever the bucks were there but when hangman page came out to basically join up with kenny to face off against the blackpool combat club i popped for that you knew it was coming and then it's been him and hawn for months starts and stops and whatever but being the guy who discovered all of them through watching Ring of Honor and New Japan, I popped to see them back together, specifically Hangman and Kenny. So I'll just say that, you know, as as a quick talking point. And I'll say uh, Dynamite the last two weeks have been really good, um, you know, kind of feel like they're back to form. Uh, they did a good subversion where, like, the Bucks get beaten up earlier in the night by the Blackpool Combat Club. So you think they're out of the picture. Uh, they're still leaving the question open in regards to what the deal is with Don Callis. Did I say on here what I think the Don Callis deal is? You might have, but say it again. I'll say it again. So, like, obviously they're trying to make you believe that he's involved with the Blackpool Combat Club. Mm-hmm. And there's people that are speculating, like, oh, Don Callis is going to bring in Kota Ibushi to go against Kenny. Or Don Callis is going to be the one that brings in Will Ospreay uh, to go against Kenny. I okay. think Don Callis is going to be the one that brings back, storyline-wise, to AEW, CM Punk. Hmm. Okay, why is that? Um, I mean, other than just a, a guess, but what's the natural pairing there? Y- y- I think outside of Chicago, you're going to get some mixed reactions to CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, um, maybe 
there's still some meat on the bone with Punk and Kenny, and some meat on the bone with Punk and uh, Hangman. Not so much the Bucks. Um, and I think a way to make sure that you're getting the reaction that you want of the fans cheering Kenny and or Hangman and booing CM Punk is to put Don Callis with CM Punk. I, I, that definitely makes sense, and I agree with you. I, I don't think it's a, much of a leap to say that there's some money to be made in Kenny versus CM Punk. Yep. But uh, I guess speaking of that, you know, the Phil and Friends Saturday show collision, you know, where all the stars are there, Miro and Andrade and Thunder Rosa and FTR, but no Phil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So, and the first episode, we don't know where it's going to be located. Okay. Um, there's a lot in the air. I could sit here and I could conspiracy talk you to death in regards to all of this, right? Well, uh, there was the rumor that this was going to be the billion-dollar TV deal, which is really just like a little bit more than their existing deal, but just you know, for a second show, it was like. 200 million over five years or whatever it ends up being right but like it just sounds better when you say a billion dollar tv deal okay uh-huh. um and that's so uh adam you've read the comic book astro city before right uh i believe a couple issues here and there i wasn't as devout as you Okay, so there's a there's a story uh one of the issues where there's a reporter he's looking for his big break and he witnesses down in the subways like this ritual with an animal sacrifice and these heroes come together and certain heroes are seen for the first time in public in however many years. So he's writing up the whole story and he turns it into his editor and his editor is like, you have no proof of this. This is all your firsthand accounting. Do you have any interviews with anyone that was there? Do you have any pictures? Do you have anything else? So with everything that he saw and all the stuff going through the editor of what can be proven as fact regarding all of this, the story ends up being squid stolen from local aquarium recovered. <laughs> because that's the only thing that he could actually prove and they could actually print in the newspaper. Yeah. So regarding all the CM Punk stuff, and I have a feeling there might be a call or two in regards to them, all right? Uh Um, I'll say this. TNT Upfronts, big thing in New York. All this pomp and circumstances, and they released the big second AEW show. And front and center on that poster are the biggest heel in the company and the biggest baby face in the company. MJF and Orange Cassidy? MJF and Orange Cassidy. Okay. Where's Jeff Jarrett on that poster? Jeff Jarrett has his own separate poster. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett has the poster where it's all him on there. We'll get to Jeff Jarrett here in a moment. Okay. You saw the original draft of the poster. Jeff Jarrett's selling out live events. Jeff Jarrett's selling out Wembley. TV <laughs> is another situation. Yeah. He's vice president in charge of live events. <laughs> Even though he was advertised for the live events this past weekend, he wasn't there. But anyway, um, he had bigger fish to fry. Mm-hmm. He was fishing with Mark Briscoe. Anyway. Um, the fact that OC was positioned as large as he was on that poster next to arguably their biggest star who's currently on TV 
that's pretty goddamn cool, man. Yeah, no, hundred percent. You know, um, I just I, hope uh, OC's check is as big as the picture of the guy <laughs> that he's next to. You know. Yeah. Now I remember, like when he first showed up in AEW, you know, he was getting entrances during the picture in picture. You know, yeah. and it's like where we're at now. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, listen, I, I sit here and I pill you on LA Knight and I pill you on Double J. OC's doing his own pilling. It's been the last three years, and I see people who were non-believers at first that are on board, and I have people that are so staunch in their Jim Cornette ways that they'll just never be OC fans. And listen, I get it. You like being wrong. Yeah. And you like grandpa wrestling. I like grandpa wrestling too. But I like to expand my horizons and enjoy all types of wrestling. Um Yeah. If you don't- I was I was just gonna say like you, you speak about like Cornette fans, which are just whatever, but uh like the WWE stands, like if Roman Reigns went to AEW, you would have all those people being like, Oh, he sucks, he was never any yep. good. So like the only people who aren't on the Orange Cassidy train are the ones who never will because he doesn't work for WWE or he's not like a southern wrestler from the eighties, you know? Right. But little do they realize that it's all their favorites that want to work with Orange Cassidy. Yeah. Um, you know, it's whoever your favorite wrestler is wants to have that program or that match or that whatever it is with Orange Cassidy. And even if you want to look at it from a financial standpoint, he may not be the number one merch seller, but he's been consistently the top five merch seller for the last three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it comes to financials, we talked about it here on the show when they leveled up the All-Atlantic title into the international title, and they did this segment on the TV show that was sponsored by Shazam 2, Warner picked the two people they wanted to be in that match and in that promoted segment, and it was the people who were having the highest quarter hours on both shows, and that was Orange Cassidy and Double J. (laughs) Um. And, like, I've brought casual wrestling fans to indie, like, not even wrestling fans, just people that I'm like, hey, do you want to go to something and have fun? You know, like, people who've never been to an indie show before, and, you know, these are shows that had Orange Cassidy on it, and they all left Orange Cassidy fans. Like, they're not wrestling fans, but they're Orange Cassidy fans, so... And that that's just your casual person. So imagine somebody flipping through their channels and actually catching like a vignette with him and Renee Young or catching a match or something like that, you know? And Star he gets power. multiple segments. He yeah. got two backstages and a match this week. He needed a chair and it wasn't there. <laughs> and <laughs> I think friend friend of the show, Tom Green, just pointed out they just announced a house show in Montgomery, Alabama uh, for okay. AEW. And on the event poster for the house show, bigger than the Hardy Boys image on the poster is Orange Cassidy. Oh, that's that's good. The Hardy Boys, who have been consistently on national television, professional wrestlers for over 30 years, Orange Cassidy is a bigger draw on the poster than they are. Yeah. No, that's cool. Unreal. And yeah. it's just... <laughs> and I love to see people talk about what OC like means to them. And you mentioned friends that you bring weren't wrestling fans, but they become orange Cassidy fans. He's the sort of crossover star that, you know, wrestling really needs. And I'm very biased against, you know, I've known OC, 
you know, for the better part of almost 20 years. And to see him at this point, uh, you know, I jokingly say it's like, oh, I always knew this was going to happen. Um, but I didn't know it was going to be this big, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you have anything else to go over? I do, Adam. One All last right. thing. You talked about your main event, uh, clo- go home angle on AEW. Oh, the elite and the Blackpool Combat Club. Oh, who's amateurs? You know, who's <laughs> really the elite and so forth? You know, but what are the stakes? Like, what's the, the tangible pro wrestling goals that we have here? Bragging rights? Nah. Running people out of the town? Whatever. Nah, I like. Nah. When there's a, a rivalry over championships, over titles, over, you know, the things that make you money. And we had that segment on AEW this week with Double J, the crew, and FTR. And this was such a fantastic segment. It was a busy segment that didn't feel busy. Uh, you know, the the Jarrett and the cronies come out and then FTR just immediately bum rush Satinum Sting and knock him off the stage. Okay. Then you get Jeff and Jay Lethal pairing off with a different member of FTR. One dude is fighting in the ring. The other one's fighting outside the ring. So no matter where you are, you're seeing action taking place, right? Mm-hmm. They isolate Jarrett and they lay him out with the chair. They're get, or they, they, they throw Jarrett in the ring and they're going to give him, uh, what the hell is their finish name? The truck stop? Uh, like Big Rig. The Big Rig, right. And then all of a sudden, Adam, who makes their presence felt? Someone that I have been begging local big shot independent promoters and saying as loud as I can that if they want to make money with Double J, which you're making money with Double J in the first place, (laughs) and a bag of money is nice, but two bags of money is even nicer. And Karen Jarrett, the queen of the mountain, (laughs) makes her AEW debut, lays out both members of FTR by herself, as far as I remember, and then (laughs) those two guitars that Sanjay Dutt brought down to the ring. One that said hair, the other one that said bald. And Jeff and Jay Lethal laid out FTR. The match is official. We get another segment closing with Jeff and Jay Lethal holding up those tag team belts. And I tell you, Adam, there's nobody who wants to be uh, uh, AEW tag team champion more than Double J. This is like his third program for those belts, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And I know the match at the pay-per-view has uh, Mark Briscoe as the special guest referee. And if I have one issue or one concern with the way that all of this is set up, I'm just sad. Nay, I feel as though luck is on her side that we're not getting another opportunity for Aubrey Edwards to try to screw Double J out of the Tag Team Championship of AEW and for Karen Jarrett to come in and slap the ever-loving piss out of her. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you can yeah, do that finally. to Mark. Mark's their friend. Yeah. If it was that Aubrey give, Edwards. Finally give her comeuppance, you know? That's for, right. For, and first of all, Joe, where's the music? Like, I'm really disappointed in you. You've talked about Jeff Jarrett that long, and you haven't played it. Listen, you asked for it. I did. <laughs> that should have been playing the entire time, because it's not blasting loud this time. Yeah, I... You play it more now. All right. I've said before, like, you 
as like the second biggest Orange Cassidy fan on this podcast, like you were trying to have Jarrett go over OC and I had to hold the line and make sure that that didn't happen. And you also wanted Jarrett to beat the acclaimed. And I, I had to stand there and say, no, no, it's it, that's not right. But Joe, I'm 100% in the camp of Jeff Jarrett and one of his cronies beating bald and hair. I'm all for it. I don't think they should have like a 10 year reign, which is probably what you want, like a God mode thing where then they go for the trios titles and then Jared goes for the world title and the ring of honor title and the, the TNT and TBS titles. No, but I think this is a good little corner for them to have the tag titles. I'm in agreement with you. Listen, let's get the titles on them first and then we'll decide how many years they hold the belts for. Okay. Let's get let's get across the first hump, winning the belts. It's gonna happen at the pay per view, not this Sunday, but next Sunday. And then, you know, three year run, four year run. Listen, I'm not crazy they hold the belts forever. That's ridiculous, right? Uh-huh. But uh I feel as though Jeff Jarrett should hold like whatever the next title he wins, he should hold it as long as Roman has held the universal title in WWE for. Yeah, like he has it so long that they have to have another tag belt created for the other show. Yeah, yeah. Well, they do. They like technically they have the Ring of Honor tag titles. Well, no, I mean there'll be like uh, Jarrett will have the Dynamite tag belt, you know, for like a thousand oh, days. Oh, it'll be the Collusion ones. Yes, exactly. The the Nitro Collusion belt. Yes. <laughs> uh, so that's uh, all I got. All right, but Joe, did you know that there is uh, a premium independent wrestling show streaming on Fight this weekend? I did, Adam. It's Sammy Zane's kicking down to the ring. It's Kofi Kingston doing his thing. Ruby Soho. Beyond the show. Brian Danielson. No, no, no. Is it the big dog's yard? Let's find out. Does Joe know the card? That's right, Joe. AIW Gauntlet for the Gold 16 is this weekend. And according to Wrestling Cheers, the most trusted source of jingles I'm going to steal when they end the podcast, there are seven announced matches plus a pre-show match. Do you know the card? You might get me on the pre-show match. Yeah, you never know the pre-show because it's always, uh, it's recently graduated students. Right. So, Okay. Uh, and listen, I'm a good AIW supporter, follower, retweeter, everything else like that, right? Yeah. Okay. So you've got the gauntlet for the gold, okay? All right. Name all the contestants. They haven't <laughs> announced all the contestants. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just kidding. Um, They have said, though, that the only person there who can't be in it is going to be uh, Broski or um, who's the kid that he's fighting? Um, Holloway? Hardway Holloway, yes. Okay, so they can't be in it because obviously the champion can't be in the thing that gets the title shot at whatever, right? Yeah, whoever comes out of that match champion can't, uh, can't be in it. Yeah. Gauntlet for the gold is always fun. It's essentially AIW's Royal Rumble. Um, they always have a bunch of surprises in it. Um, I'm not going to say that I had some stooged off to me, but I figured out two of them. Okay. Um, if you pay me, I'll tell you. <laughs> well, I Wait. don't want to know. because Okay, be or you could pay the good people at Fight TV and AIW and watch the show for yourself if you can't be there live this Saturday. How about that? That works. Okay. 
Uh, so you have we okay. So we mentioned the gauntlet itself. We mentioned Broski versus Holloway, uh, Jocelyn versus, and I feel so bad. I'm going to butcher her name. Yamashita. Yeah, Mio Yamashita. Okay. Um, Money Shot, who won the tag titles last time, um, are taken on members only. That is correct. Okay. Dom is taken on Kaplan. Dominic Garini is taken on Kaplan. Hey, you remembered a Dom match. Good for you. Okay, well, you're going to kick me on the other one that I forgot because I know Derek is wrestling, but I forget who he's wrestling. He's he's wrestling one of those goddamn students that I can't remember. (laughs) Shaw Mason. Shaw Mason. Okay. And I know that we're getting another spin the wheel, make the deal match with uh, JB and Tom Lawler. That's correct. And I made the Okay. I, I made the pitch privately, and I'm making the I made the pitch publicly on social media. And I'm making the pitch publicly here. Okay, mm-hmm. you tell John Thorne, and you tag Tom Lawler and JB in this. If it's in social media, if it's in person, whatever. I want this to be a best of seven. Spin the wheel, make the deal. <laughs> okay, yeah. and for the seventh match, because there's always going to go seven. I want one of the options on the wheel to be a tuxedo match. (laughs) All right. I like it. Best of seven. Spin the wheel. Make the deal. John Thorne. Make it happen. Yeah. (laughs) And somehow Jake Clemens gets knocked out in every single match. Perfect. Yeah. I was going to say the pre-show is is Austin James, Ed Cody's favorite wrestler, uh, versus Vic Vice. Okay. That's uh, oh, it's the Ed Cody offer match. Yeah, <laughs> Ed loves uh, the old slugger, and he loves Vic Vice too. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I always support AIW. You know, they're the you know if it's not the LVAC, um, you know they're kind of like our home promotion. I know Wrestling Cheers covers them quite a bit. I know IW Guide covers them quite a bit. But uh, you know, we're over here doing our thing too, right? Yeah, nobody nobody owns AIW other than John Thorne. That's right. <laughs> um, I will say, like the, this really this show snuck up on me because I feel like just last weekend there was an AIW show with there the was. Cybernetico. Um, I feel like next year, Joe, we need to do a gauntlet for the gold uh, opportunity, same way we do a Royal Rumble one next year. Hmm. Let's cross that bridge 10 months from now. How about yeah, that? Exactly. Like, but I'm what? just saying, like, if, if I had known, and I'm sure the advertising's out there, but, you know, certain things escape my purview. If I had known that this was coming a couple weeks earlier, I would have mm. uh, tried to pitch this, you know? Or like, All right. How many are in the gauntlet? Is it 30 as well? That's Usually. the thing. Yeah. It's always, It's supposed to be 30, but, like, sometimes it's less and sometimes it's more. Because it's the indies and, like, you know, shit happens. Well, hey, I got screwed out of my guy on the men's Rumble uh, was Rey Mysterio, and he never even came out. So the right. Royal Rumble only had 29 men. Well, that was storyline-based. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. You get what I'm getting at. I it's do. something to consider. Let us know if you'd be interested in participating in that opportunity if it ever happened. Yeah, it's 10 months from now we'll talk about it. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, no other shows happening this weekend that you're going to spring on me? Stuff that I should know? 
Uh, no. I was gonna, like, there were some stardom shows no. and All Japan and stuff like that, but I'll leave that to Brett and DJ. Yeah, they, they do that sort of thing. And my good friend uh, Matt and uh, his friend Bob, which, again, uh, I've known Matt for just as long as I've known OC. Uh, Matt Turner, Ring of Honor student, one of the first class trained by Phil way back in the day. He <laughs> does a stardom podcast that, like, is very popular. Um, for the people that like the stardom and his co-host name is Bob Goodwin. And every time I see it, it trips me the fuck up, man. <laughs> stardom cast, right? Yes. Uh, so definitely go check them out. If you're a stardom person, uh, you know, Brent and DJ over on, we need wrestling, give you a little sprinkling, a little dusting of it. Um, but if you are like in deep on stardom, go check out Matt and, uh, Bob's podcast. Yeah, it's hard to go in depth when you're doing a world tour in seven days, you know. Yeah, because like they're 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 doing domestic stuff, then they're going to Japan, sometimes other countries, and it's hard to you know you with travel and time zones, you know, it's hard to get it all in seven days. That's how you that's how you get to wrestle four hundred times in one year is with those time <laughs> zone things, brother. That's what I heard. Yeah. yeah. Are are we ready for phone calls? Because we got a ton of phone calls. Go for it. All right. Hello, Adam and Joe. Going a little alphabetical order this time. Uh, first time, long time. Shibata Kenny. Hope uh, things are well. Uh, not to get all like uh, weird historical politics or whatever, but uh. I read this morning that the country of Saudi Arabia and the country of Syria have reopened, uh, I guess, domestic talks to be cool to each other. And um, because those two countries are, I guess, on somewhat speaking terms currently, is the reason why Sami Zayn is going to go over and uh, wrestle on the big show that I'm still not going to watch. And uh, Kevin Owens was always in solidarity with his buddy Sami, and because Sami's cool is going because his home country is in touch with Saudi Arabia about being cool with each other, Sammy can go, and Kev's like, well, Sammy's going to go, then I'll go, then we'll be part of a show that, again, I ain't going to watch. And, uh, man, uh, I, I love my friends, and I don't want to see uh, Adam and Marcus be driven to an early grave because of some sport with a stick and a dude and a diamond and a field and a thing and a guy with an apple or whatever. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what a baseball is, but... Uh, don't don't get too crazy, guys. There's life. There's life out there. It's bigger than baseball. Trust me. Uh, guy, get wrecked, Bob. Guy with an apple. Is he talking about Carlito? Did he join the Yankees? I don't know. Um, I think he's talking about. Isn't there like an apple that pops up in like center field if you hit a home run at whatever the Mets stadium is called? Uh yeah. I don't know if it's still there. I haven't watched the Mets game in a long time. But yeah, possibly. No one All knows. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but th th thank you, Kenny, for summing up baseball and why Sami Zayn is wrestling on the uh, Saudi blood oil money show. No, absolutely. That was helpful because I had no idea. I asked about it earlier, you know. Very helpful. Yes. Yeah. Kenny, come to LVAC. I'll see you then. Uh, hopefully he doesn't have a gig that night. You oh, know? I'm a famous musician. I'm talented and people want to see me play. Ah, go to wrestling. Exactly. <laughs> All right. What do we got? Uh, next call. Hello guys, it's the strongest man on the land, Arthur MacArthur here. 
a couple things to do here. First and foremost, as always, it is show week, so I got to plug this Saturday's show, Gauntlet of the Gold 16. If you're in the area of East Lake or just want to make the travel, you should make your way out. It's going to be a hell of a show. We're going to see the youngest absolute champion in history in Sam Holloway as he defeats the Broski and so much more, especially the Gauntlet. 30-man over-the-top battle royal, and it's going to be wonderful. And with that, uh, I have, you know, got some confidence. And I believe so much that I'm going to be the number one man after it's all said and done. I've already booked a Disney World trip for the next week to celebrate. You know, maybe that was a little too early, but hey, I got to do what I got to do. Taking the entire MacArthur family out there. We're going to have a wonderful time. Disney World. And with that being said, why not? Let's have fun. Tell me some recommendations, because I've already asked uh, Dom, who is surprisingly a real large Disney head when it comes to these theme parks. Give me some suggestions. What should I do? What should I try? And tell me some of your favorite parts about Disney, if you've been. If not, I don't know. Make something up. All right, guys. Uh, have a wonderful weekend. And uh, Adam... I'm sorry, you can't come to Disney with me. It's uh, not enough room in that RV. <laughs> well, screw you, Artie. I'm just going to, like, stuff you into, like, a closet, and I'll go in your place. Nobody will notice that, <laughs> that we changed out. Uh, Joe, have you been to Disney World? Uh, I was there one time in my entire life in 2006 when my wife and I went for our honeymoon. Okay, see, I've been there at least five times, but... They were all prior to like ninety seven. Like I went, I almost every year from when I was like, I don't know, twelve to seventeen. But uh, obviously, everything that was there then is for the most part not there anymore. You know, like MJ MGM is now Hollywood Studios. Yes, and uh, you know, Universal was was awesome, but like all the great stuff, like Back to the Future ride and Jaws and Confrontation, are all gone. Uh, so like the parks are unrecognizable from when I was there, and obviously Universal has a second park. Like I know a lot about Disney, having not been there in twenty five years. Mm-hmm. You know, like I want to go, but I'm frightened to death of like all of like like broski talks about it on the podcast and all this stuff about like lightning lanes and easy passes and having to get up at like five o'clock in the morning to make sure that you got rise of resistance tickets or else you can't get on it. Like that's what I would check out. Like if it was my first time going back, I would go to like the star Wars place and do all those things, but I'm overwhelmed, you know? Yeah. So, uh, thank you for the call Artie. So, Obviously, you're you're banking on this of you winning the gauntlet for the gold, so you will, you will be right, which will be facing Broski uh, at Absolution. So what I would do is Broski puts up a bunch of different vlogs of stuff that he uh, tricks poor Chelsea and poor Steph into doing at Disney, um, and see if those strike your fancy, or at the very least, go there and just be in the background of all of his shots, like shaking your fist at him and shaking <laughs> your head like you're gonna get him. Um, that being said, I'm a food guy. A lot of good food in Disney. Don't let that fool you. Um, I know I'm a big fan of the Haunted Mansion. I remember that being yeah. uh, a good, unchanged thing at Disney. Um, I, if this is more your thing. I know they've gotten rid of most of the racist stuff at Disney, but if you try real hard, I'm sure you can still 
find one or two things, and I will make this recommendation to you, um, and I'm sure Dom might, um, whatever, pay the little bit extra to do the um, Keys to the Kingdom tour, uh, where it's they kind of like let you break kayfabe on Disney and take you underground. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, yeah. And, like, they te- they show you, like, the backstage area. They show you how people get around. And they explain a lot of the tricks of the trades of Disney. And I remember that being really fun when I went. Oh, shit. Like, that's – I'm fascinated by, like, the tunnel system that's under the park. You yeah, know, they take you in them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I want to go to Disney. Everybody subscribe to the Patreon. we got to <laughs> make this happen. <laughs> like, all right, and, have and, fun, buddy. Yeah, uh, last but not least, um, I don't know when you're going, um, but I know they just announced that the Star Wars like premium hotel thing is closing in September. Yeah. So if that's what you were going for, you might want to go now before that closes up. Uh, I, when my I, wife and I went, we went late October into November. Mm-hmm. And again, it's fascinating to see how that park works October 31st was Mickey's not-so-scary Halloween, and the whole thing was tricked out with Disney Halloween stuff, right? Yeah. November 1st, the entire park was flipped over to Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not... I'd love to go, like, Halloween Horror Nights at Universal. Man. Yeah. I should move to Orlando. I feel like... <laughs> I feel like uh, uh, my type of... Per- uh, I should I should be a Floridian. I think that makes sense. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah, but Artie, I believe, said, like, after he wins Gauntlet this weekend, I think he said then he was going down oh, okay. the border, so I feel like it's soon, based on what he said. I'd, I'd move I'd move my trip to late October, early November. Yeah. Every time I've ever been there has been the fall, you know? Yeah. A little bit less busy, a little bit less hot. Thanks again for your call, Artie. Yeah, buddy. Good luck. Next call. Hello, Joe and Adam. It is the other JB here. So, I uh, just got finished uh, watching Dynamite and uh, taking a shower and all that, whatnot. Um, basically, um, first question, um, why is everyone else uh, so much cooler than me, uh, even Roosh? Um, <laughs> like, I got color, but, you know, he got away with, you know, saying fuck your mother on live TV. Come on. <laughs> uh, I'm, you know, I look like a dork out there all the time. Anyways, so um, today's, uh, this week's show homework because of uh, May 19th is see no evil and obviously the easiest choice for recommendations would be Kane, but I don't want to do that because Glenn's a dick bag. That's true. Um, and, uh, um, in place of that, um, I would ask for some recommendations about his, um, team. Hell no tag partner, um, Brian Danielson. Um, Mm -hmm. I would put the, uh, caveat on there that I'd want to look at his um, pre-WWE um, work there. Um, I know that there's a handful in ROH that I need to check out, um, but I was wondering if y'all had any specifics. Alrighty, let me know. Oh, man, figuring out a good Danielson match. That's, oh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I will just say, JB, you did get color, but barely so do you really love the business uh, that's kind of questionable jb i was gonna say jb you're killing me <laughs> why do you do this to me jb why do you do this to me um but no um congratulations on a uh, graduation from this past week um, oh yeah 
And I hope you weren't too upset that uh, Brian Myers had Leo Sparrow squash a fake you on their indie show uh, before pasty alabaster skin MJF came out and wrestled <laughs> a 15-minute match uh, with Leo Sparrow centered around dick kicks where MJF took one bump in the match. Shout out to the boar on that one. <laughs> yeah, um, work smarter, not harder. That's right. But Danielson matches. Jesus Christ. Um, JB, I could be a dick and just say 2001 to when he gets signed. <laughs> um, but he did have a couple stinkers in there. Um, but if I was to try to pull some of the best ones, um, he had a two out of three falls with Paul London in like Oh three ring of honor. That's amazing. Um, he had the, there's the title unification match. On like maybe 06, 07 of the Ring of Honor pure title and regular title with Nigel. That's just crazy, right? Of mm. them beating the shit out of each other. Um, if you've ever seen the gif of like Nigel doing the thing where he like he just gets pulled in the post and like you could see like each concussion, each brain cell being wiped away. Um, he has the program with Morishima that's really good. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Um, Brian Danielson doesn't have bad wrestling matches. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but if you were going to, there's another one, um, that he, so, okay. Let's say this is 06, 06, 06. I'm trying to think in my head. Um, early 06. He has a match this is during the, um, Ring of Honor CCW feud, okay? He has a match with Alex Shelley at the ECW arena as part of a doubleheader with CCW. And then later on, I think maybe April of 06, he has a match with Roderick Strong. Are they good matches? Yes. Are they the best Danielson matches? I don't know. They're all really good. I'm very biased. Danielson's like one of my top five favorites of all time. Um... But the things about those two matches in particular is during the course of those matches, and I give credit to um, Trevor Dame and Matt Feuerstein of the Through the Year, the Through the Years Ring of Honor podcast. You can literally see during the course of the match Danielson figuring out how to work his style as a heel. And it's like you see the light bulb go on and you see him trying things and it not working. And then you see him trying other things and it working. And it's just like amazing to see somebody who is like such a master of his craft kind of like teaching himself on the fly and like realizing like, oh, I could do this now and I could do this now and I could do this now and be a heel and get it in, you know, negative reaction. Um yeah, man, but again, I don't know, 2001 to 2009 sounds like a good run. Just mm-hmm. watch them all, you know? Yeah. And I know this is from, like, the WWE era, and, you know, it wasn't really what he was looking for, but just something that always, again, there's a million Daniel Bryan great matches. Yes. But, like, towards the end of his run, right before he left, he had, I think it was on SmackDown, a match with Drew Gulak where there was no... Like I don't want to say no offense, but there was no strikes. It was a it was a pay per view pre show match. 
No, because they had a rematch that was on regular TV. That's what it was. Okay, because, yeah. right, the first match was like a, uh, a pay-per-view like pre-show or some shit. Yeah, 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 they beat the shit out of each other in the pre-show. And then they had a rematch where it that was when Gulak was training Brian Danielson. Yes. And it was a match where there was no kicks, there was no punches. It was all, like, grappling, which normally I don't like, but like it was done at a master class level and they're like again an entire match there wasn't a single strike and because they were buddies and they were trying to up like upstage each other technically and that always stands out as like a recent Danielson match but you know there like you said it, there's a million and there might be guys in WWE that you might not be a fan of um you know whether it be their public persona or their in-ring stuff or whatever it is but I guarantee you, if they had a good match in WWE, it was because if it was because they were in the ring with Daniel Bryan. Um, yeah. You know, you mentioned Kane before, and I bet you Kane's best singles matches and best tag matches were with Daniel Bryan being in that ring. Um, you know, whatever your critique of the character of Bray Wyatt is, the best match that he ever had on the main roster was that singles match that he had with Danielson. Um, you know, and you can go right on down the list. Like uh, Orton is like a polarizing character. Like I like, I've come around a lot on Orton in the last like couple years, but like there was a period of time where outside of the matches with Christian, like Orton was stuck, like having shit matches with people like triple H and stuff. Mm -hmm. And Orton's best matches were like against Danielson, right? Um, Danielson's like the best wrestler in the world for real. Yeah. No, especially once Michael's retired, you know? Next call. <laughs> hey there, Joe and Adam. It's the other JB here again. Uh, this is going to be a little bit more of a selfish-ish um, kind of uh, voicemail. Um, so this week, um, Observational Banter is having his season finale. And as fun as it is, drop in uh, messages in there. There's only so many times that I can um, ask him to just name a movie um, before it gets old. So, um, uses as an invitation to, um, get the other listeners to drop in voicemails. Um, maybe get, um, observational banners to not be as wholesome, you know, push them a little bit. All right. Uh, Caleb's a good kid. I like Caleb, um, from what everybody else has told me about him. He seems to be very well liked both by staff the brass and the boys when it comes to uh, AIW. Okay. Uh, but if Ed could figure out how to upload his podcast as an MP3 file and you still upload your show as an M4A file, <sighs> buddy, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. And Ed does it all on his own too. No help right. from anybody. And you know what? I'll, I'll give this a shout and I'll put this in the show notes, right? So Caleb had tweeted a thing out. Um, it's this online contest through something called skateparkhero.org um, where you vote on people who have submitted themselves to get a chance to skate for the day with Tony Hawk. Oh, shit. Right. And you can vote one time. You know, um, he's Caleb's currently in first in his group, right? Okay. Um, it's going on for another week. You can only vote one time. If you want to pay money, you could certainly throw things in there. But like I said, I'm going to put the link in the show notes. Um, I I urge our listeners to go vote for Caleb once a day. Like, vote for him once. Vote for him once a day. Just bookmark the link and uh, just hit it once a day, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Good, yeah, yeah. good luck to him. Good luck. Right. All right. Next call. Fucking fix your show. <laughs> 
Hello, gentlemen. Kevin here. All right, what are we going to talk about? So, Collision right, got officially announced Saturday night, live, 8 to 10. And honestly, Saturday makes sense. Uh, there's wrestling on every other day of the week. Saturday's not a bad day. Saturday's a known sports day. I think we'll get the ratings that are wanted. I don't think it's going to be, like, out of control, you know, breakthrough hit, but I think they'll get the ratings justifying, you know, the money and everything. Be curious to see who's on the roster, curious matches. Like, I'm going to be watching. But it's Saturday. There's a whole lot of wrestling that goes on on Saturdays. There's indie shows. There's pay-per-views, premium live events, whatever you want to call it. There's a lot of stuff that takes place on Saturday. And would Collision hurt those shows? You know, uh, uh, let's take people that do old school TV. All right, I can watch Collision for free, quote unquote free, or your cable package, instead of sending into the streaming app to watch something, whether it be Peacock or IWTV or Fight or whatever else. Is it going to hurt people going to indie shows? Oh, hey, there's a show 30 minutes away, but then I got to drive, I got to do this, got my tickets, got six people, or I can just get my wrestling fix here Saturday night. So the question is, do you see collision having a, an effect, a detrimental effect, on live shows, whether in person or watching them, also taking place on Saturdays? Looking forward to the show, guys. Uh, what I'm not looking forward to is ever, ever having to deal with you know, evil again. <laughs> so if you want to know my thoughts, check out my blog. And if you want to know Joe and Adam's thoughts, subscribe to the Patreon low, low monthly costs. Talk to you later, guys. Bye. Nice. Um, can I just say, uh, the fact that indies run on Fridays and have been, like, successful, I guess, and there's SmackDown and Rampage on Fridays, and SmackDown's been there forever, like, I, I don't think running on Saturdays is going to hurt indies. The only thing is, and John Thorne brought this up on, I don't, I think it might've been last week or the week before on card is going to change is don't expect to see AEW talent showing up uh, as much on the indies because like, Hey, they're working Friday nights or they're working Saturday nights. You know, they're not going to be necessarily as free for showing up at an indie. So I could see that being something that hurts. You know, you're not going to have the surprise appearances of, of TV people as much. I think that would be the thing that's going to hurt any of the indies that that is a crop of talent that we're able to squeeze in a weekend, uh, independent show that there's going to be less of that with now, you know, a second live show every week starting in the summer. Um, I did notice some of the AEW folks that were, the contracted folks that were announced for stuff were announced for stuff on Sundays. Um, I know Prestige runs on Sundays a lot. I know Beyond runs on Sundays a lot. Um, You know, and you made a great point. You know, how long has SmackDown been on Fridays and independent shows run on Fridays? People are going to watch what they want to watch regardless of it. Obviously, having something on Saturdays, you know, could hurt business for a little bit. But, you know, if you have your crowd and you have your whatever it is, if they're already AEW fans, they weren't coming to your indie show in the first place. And if they were indie fans of your promotion and not AEW fans, it's not like all of a sudden, like, hey, I've been supporting my local indie now for the last year two years three years on saturday nights and now all of a sudden there's free wrestling that i've never watched before in my entire life now all of a sudden i'm going to give up on my indie to watch this i don't think that's going to happen yeah 
And, and like, I am a huge AEW fan, but like, if I was planning on going to an LVAC show or an AIW show, like, there's no world where I'd be like, oh, I'm going to watch AEW. That's what DVRs are for, you know? Like, you can catch it later. You know, you can't catch... I mean, you can maybe catch the indie later if it's on streaming, but, you know, I I don't think one cannibalizes the other one. I don't think there's ever going to be a situation where, uh, like, you're going to be like, oh, man, I kind of want to go to this indie show, but, you know, collisions on tonight. Unless it was something where, like, I'm the biggest CM Punk fan in the world and it's been intimated that he's going to be on this show, you know, and I kind of want to watch it live so I can tweet along to it and maybe I'll pass on this shindy. I was going to think about going for shits and giggles. All right. Yeah. But that's such a rare specific scenario. Yeah. Uh, but you know, thanks. Uh, thanks for the, uh, the, the, the thought there, Kevin. No, absolutely. And we'll deal with your feelings and Adam's feelings about uh, See No Evil on the Patreon show. And we'll plug the Patreon a little bit later on here as well. Absolutely. Next call. I told you we got a lot of calls. We're only like halfway through. Oh, Jesus. Hello, Joe. Hello, Adam. This is Doug from Wings on Wings. Oh, shit. We were all shocked and saddened to hear about the passing of Dean Rasmussen, one of the architects of the Death Valley Driver message board. So my question is about that. Uh... This is more for Joe, but Adam, if you have any thoughts on this one, please chime in. Joe, what is your favorite memory of the Death Valley Driver message board, and why is it the wrestling sleeve thread? <laughs> All right. Take care, fellas. <laughs> Bye. Um, thank you for calling Doug. Um, it's very rare to hear from Doug outside of uh, his appearances on Wings on Wings. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's a that's a get. I like that. I'm going to get that MASH podcast with him and Mantis off the ground any day now. um so the sleaze thread is fantastic yes um i was always a fan of there was a and again it's statute of limitations is up on this right Mm -hmm. um there was a pornography thread with people just posting tons and tons of free pornography in there and somebody posted the wrong thing and the whole thing just got nuked one day and never spoken of again. All right. <laughs> All right. Now on the other side, um, I, as, as you know, as my fandom of like current day and the stuff of the wrestling that they covered, like I'd always peek in the wrestling, but the comics and the movie stuff I was always in and they did a movie gimmick that I've always wanted to try to replicate and they've done it before. Uh, I think they're still doing it. I haven't been on the board in many, many years. Um, but what it would be is it would, you know, they'd start like a month ahead and they would be like, here's the summer releases. Summer starts in May and technically ends the end of August, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you make two lists of 10 movies. You put what you think are going to be the 10 best uh, reviewed movies on Rotten Tomatoes are going to be, and what you think the 10 highest grossing movies are gonna, of the year are going to be. And like, hey, you might have the same list for both, right? Mm. And like at the end of the, you know, and like everything was points and whatever, and the guy who ran it, like the first, like the top three people would get like prizes and stuff. Um, but it was just like a fun weekly thing to see like what your standings were. And it was like one of those things like once, once the movie is released, you can't change it on the board anymore. Um, but obviously if the movie hasn't been released yet and you want to change your list, you can, but once it like gets like that wide national release or like, no, no, once the, 
once the premiere happens and the reviews start coming in, that's when you couldn't take it off your list or move it on your list, right? Yeah. Um, but that was always a lot of fun every year doing that. I think I, like, of the, like, seven or eight times that I did it, I got, like, third place once. And I was no, very proud of myself. Out of, like, roughly how many people participated? I would say, like, maybe, like, 60 or so people, 60 to 75, depending on the year. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, but thank you for your call, Doug. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a rare treat. All right. Next call. Hi, Joe. Hi, Adam. This is Brett. I'm leaving you a message from DJ's bathroom. No, I'm not held against my will, even though he's a sicko. Um, I know it's the wrong show, but I also had the spider whopper this week, and uh, you guys are right. Bud had a bit of a bit of a weird taste. It was awkward. I ate it alone in a Burger King while obscenities were thrown at each other by the workers, so that was always good. Um, let's see, what else happened? Hey, Phil. What's up, Phil? I'm a friend of Phil. I'm on. I'm Phil Pilled. But still, Phil never did anything wrong in his life. Um, also, I hope you guys watched the version of uh, See No Evil where Kane's cock was three feet wide. I really hope so. Close-ups. We need more cock, pal. And, uh, yeah, I guess I'll say goodbye. Oh, real quick. Um, I want you, uh, you guys to comment on if either of you may have told your car a few, a few uh, hours ago like I did. See ya. You say towed his car a few hours ago? Did you say totaled? <laughs> I'm going to message him right now and ask him. Yeah, because if he said totaled, well, why was I not informed of this? But <laughs> uh, I did not see the uh, the version of See No Evil with the massive cock. Uh, unfortunately, uh, that was not the one that was on Freebie. I think that's the one that only exists in Vince's mind. <laughs> or he has the only copy of it, you know, and it's he has them on those giant reels that are in the tins, and they're being kept in a vault in his uh, his doomsday compound. Um, I think I should be brought in as the mediator in AEW to be the one to tell Phil to go fuck himself. Now, now. If it's not me, it's Kevin Nash. I hear he's <laughs> free on Saturdays. Um, And what else? Now- oh. Go ahead. Now Did you have want... the spider whopper this week as well, uh, Adam? N- no, I don't. I, we we've talked about this. I don't eat at those places. My body's in a temple. <laughs> oh boy. Good luck with that. <laughs> um, no, but uh, it, it doesn't sound like something that I would want to have if I did eat those places. Um, what was I going to say? I forget. He talked about the, the, the see no evil, the burger, and then potentially something happening to his car. Oh, Jesus. I'm waiting ah. for a text back. We'll, we'll, uh-huh. we'll give you constant updates on this. Yeah, we'll scoop and boop. Yeah. We, might, we might be out before uh, we need wrestling since they haven't dropped already. That's right. Next right. call. Yep. Hey, Joe. Hey, Adam. This is DJ from uh, Wings on Wings and uh, uh, We Need Wrestling. Uh, you can hear my voice if you'll be strapping for the rest of, uh, we need wrestling this week. Uh, I just wanted to call and, uh, say, uh, in, uh, in regards to Cino Evil, the homework that you guys are doing, uh, if you guys could pick one other movie from history, any movie, any era, uh, that you would give one character a three foot long penis in, what movie and what character would that be? I'll take my answer on the show. 
Oh, Jesus, Joe, I think you have to go because uh, first, because I'm thrown on tilt by DJ's uh, Sudafed uh, coma joke there. You know? I, I, I was going to say, I saw DJ on Wednesday and I said, hey, man, you sound like shit. And he goes, yeah, I know. It's going to be bad on the podcast this week. Yeah. Um, What character would I give a three foot dick to in a movie? That's that's quite that's. <laughs> quite the thing now i know they did it in uh toxic avenger 4 where the evil toxie had a uh uh like a three-foot dick that had like a puppet head and face on it you know uh sure i'll take your word for that (laughs) yeah 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 um but like so i'm trying to think of the movie that it would be but it would have to be the like a movie where it's not a thing that comes up in the movie at all it's, it's just, just you see it, but like nobody acknowledges it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How about this? How about we say David Arquette's character in Ready to Rumble uh-huh. as a three foot cock, and they never address it or acknowledge it. <laughs> I was thinking like, well, like not one of the Burton Batman's, but like the Schumacher Batman's. You know, people were going nuts over like the nipples built into the costume, like just a giant three foot long bat dong. <laughs> And, like, it's never brought up, like you said. It's just clearly, it's like Finn Balor times 10. (laughs) I think that would be a a way to go on that. But, oh, man, if I had more time to think about it, I have a better one. But I'll go with a a Schumacher Batman movie. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Thanks, DJ. Thank you, DJ. Feel better. And congratulations, Michelle. Oh, she won? Uh, She's on the ballot now. She came in fourth place. Um, so now we get to November to see if she, uh, you know, she's on the ballot. Now she can, now she can see if she wins, you know? Oh, I got you. I'm not in the county, so I can't uh, participate other than, you know, you know, maybe stealing some votes for you. (laughs) (laughs) That's a technicality. Yeah. All right, cool. Next call. All right, next call. Hey guys, it's the wiki. Uh, I was just thinking today, um, you know, we've got a lot of going on in the media about AI and how it's being used, especially in creative spaces. And I'm I'm wondering who, if anybody, do you think will be the first promoter, wrestling promoter slash booker, who will try and use AI as like a quote unquote creative partner? Uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Have a good show. Ooh, I, I you know what I was I didn't know where he was going with that with the AI. Like I for whatever reason I thought to myself like holograms as AI, but that's clearly not because I was gonna be like Vince would absolutely have dead wrestlers cutting promos on TV. Uh, but that's not what he means with AI. Uh go ahead, Joe. I'm gonna think about this. So um I saw David put this out on Twitter as well. Thank you for calling as well, David. And I saw some people pussyfooting around who it would be. Um, this would 100% not only happen behind the scenes, but also be turned into the storyline if Quack ever brought Jakara back. <laughs> okay, like, uh, meaning that, like, AI would be not only randomizing matches, but they'd also be upfront about a computer having taken over the company. Correct. Okay. Ah, uh, that does make sense. I can see that. All right. You win. <laughs> Plus, he doesn't have to worry about, hey, don't blame me. The computer did this. That's right. Yeah. I didn't want to wrestle that girl. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Anyways, 
All right, just before we hit the pink button, I did get a text back from Brett. Uh, he says he's good. Uh, it's going to be borderline if it's not to- it's if it's totaled or not. Uh, he ran into another car. Ooh, this thing happened to me too. Uh, both him and the woman are okay. Uh, sucks. Just happy that no one is hurt. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that sucks, man. Um, I'm glad I didn't fucking total my wife's car. I would have been fucking up the shit's creek like nobody's business. But uh, yeah, I'm just glad you're okay. Yeah. Uh, hopefully you had your uh, insurance. And if you need a guy to talk to about insurance dealings, uh, I know a guy who knows a guy. How about that? Yeah. And if I wasn't skittish a couple weeks ago when you had your accident, now this is twice in the soon to be named network and it happens in freeze. My car's not leaving the garage like ever. None of them. <laughs> no, well, no, the Jeep, I don't give a shit. Fucking hit that all day. But my Camaro's not leaving the garage ever again because I'm due. Somebody hit Todd's truck so we can get this out of the way. <laughs> A bounty is out on Todd's truck. Yeah, I'll never know. Bad things happen in threes, and I don't want my car to be the three. The actor, the actor Pac-Man was based on has to die or something. <laughs> anyway. All right, all right. Pink button time. Ed called three times. So, oh my god, Ed, hunker down. I told you it was a lot of calls. Hey, Joe, now that Dad. Um, I'm listening to the show and I paused it so I could call you and answer your question about uh, would I rather have Bad Bunny versus Logan Paul or Bad Bunny versus Almost at WrestleMania? And Joe, you know the answer to this. It's Bad Bunny versus Almost. It'd be so fucking funny. Bad Bunny versus Logan Paul would probably be better. It would probably make more money, but I don't care a fucking shit about that company doing well. <laughs> so, yeah, I want the funny one for sure. I want to watch Bad Bunny wrestle Almost. <laughs> <laughs> it almost wins. I guess it almost over. <laughs> hey, bye. All right, I have a follow-up question for Ed for next week. Right. Uh, dream match. It can be anybody that's alive and like feasible. Like you can't be like, oh, I want like you know, give me like just uh, fucking Ultimate Warrior, but like almost versus anybody you want. Main event of Pod Van Dam Pro. Uh, what would it be? I want to know who the dream opponent for almost is. I'm between two. If money's no object, and as long as they're alive, right? Yeah, it's either Great Kali or Satnam Singh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just going with the size is yeah. And you know, I didn't the... know if he. Oh shit! Get out of here! Screw them! It's Omos versus Mr. Let's make it seven now. Mr. Seven WrestleManias. Swoggle. Chocolate dude fingers himself. Swoggle. The <laughs> biggest wrestler versus the smallest wrestler. <laughs> oh, man, that's a good option. But yeah, all right, Ed. We'll have one of your calls next week be an answer to that. Oh, only because it'll be very funny to see Omos try to lift Swoggle up and he fucking sandbags him. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I wasn't expecting that. Plus, Dylan would be all like starstruck. <laughs> That's right, because so he nice. got the he got the cameo from Omos. Yeah, for like his birthday or whatever. <laughs> yeah, he wished him luck and all that. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's Dylan's dream match. <laughs> Yeah, and let us know. And let anybody who's out there, you know, call in next week. Who's your dream almost opponent? There you go. That's the assignment. I don't like to give out assignments. Um, I actually I had penciled in an assignment for the callers for next week, uh, but this bumps it to next week. Uh, who is your dream almost opponent? <laughs> 
Excellent. Next call. All right, next call. Hey, Joe Adamitz and CM Punk rules. This is the best. This has been a great day. Oh my god, this is so good. Brian Alvarez and Bex and Punk. This is fantastic stuff. Okay, bye. <laughs> I think we've already talked about that a lot, but Ed, Ed was a big fan. Ed, two of Ed's favorites, CM Punk and Brian Alvarez. Two non-problematic people, uh, two people that everyone loves, beefing with each other over emails that were sent, allegedly, to Colt Cabana almost 15 years ago that Punk puts up on his Instagram story when he should have been fucking announced as part of the new show and the billion-dollar deal. Uh, One Bill Phil is just pissing it all away. You love to see it. And... Uh, let's just say it this way, because uh, they did put it in the circles on Twitter. Um, it's very funny that CM Punk, who saw himself as the next coming of Roddy Piper, is actually turning out to be the next coming of the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> <sighs> next call. Last call. Young Ed. Third call is a charm. Hey, Joe and Adam. It's Ed. Last call, I promise. Um, hey, so... I went to bed, like, right around the time Dynamite was starting, and I feel like I missed a lot of what's going on um, with this CM Punk and Brian Alvarez stuff. Um, So can you explain to me chronologically what all happened? Because Doxy tweeted so fucking much that I just couldn't fucking follow what was happening. Why is Bix involved? What is happening here? Why is this... Why is CM Punk fighting with Brian Alvarez who's also fighting with Bix, I think. I don't know what's going on. Doxy made it all very... Because, like, he told jokes about it, which is... They're funny, but I can't... I need someone to do, like, a real news (laughs) and tell me what the (laughs) fuck is happening. What is happening? Hey, bye. All right. So I have to tread carefully, okay? Uh Uh-huh. In regards to the people involved, all right? Um, so obviously, um, the, and again, I didn't want to get into this, but Ed calls and I have to address the calls. That's the binding contract of podcasts or phone calls, right? 100%. Yep. Okay. So, uh, allegedly Phil was supposed to be front and center on the poster next to Orange Cassidy at the last minute they scrapped things and threw a, a makeshift thing of, uh, uh, MJF on the poster. Right. Okay. Um, and then the people find this out because everyone's like, oh, it's going to be the CM Punk show, right? And then somebody cash found a cached version of the original press release that went out that had Punk's name listed first in the talent that was going to be on the show, and then the email that actually went out before it was edited or cached or whatever it was had Punk's name removed, okay? So that starts all the scuttlebutt. And then Alvarez just starts, like, Eh, tweeting out like like he's supposed to be like a newsman of some kind right (laughs) um whatever the hell he's supposed to be you know um so he tweets out um, before you you say it was it huge if true or was it blinky eyes no so that's what i'm looking for right (laughs) um i'm looking for the exact okay so he just tweets out there definitely is a story with this cm punk deal okay (laughs) 
Uh-huh. Just being, and then a tweet, and so that tweet goes out at about four eleven, okay, and then about five forty seven, when everything blows up, he just tweets out "lol wat w a t," okay. Mm. And Brian's usually somebody who's chirping and chiming and everything else on social media, right? So he puts this tweet out, and now the next day, today as we're recording, he talks on. Uh, F4W Online, the free show, uh, essentially that, like, he had information, but he didn't say anything about it. He had information from people in AEW and outside of AEW that Mike Johnson's report about Ace Steel not being allowed in buildings because whatever it was the reason that punk backed out at the last minute or that the deal fell through or whatever it was. Right. And then he goes through this whole thing of saying like, I don't know why CM Punk's mad at me. I'm not mad at CM Punk. I'm more confused by it. Right. So, uh, like I said, the timestamps on those, uh, like at four eleven Eastern time is there's definitely a story. Uh, five forty seven is the, uh, LOL. What? That he sends out, right? Mm. So literally, as that is going out, my phone's blowing up. I'm driving. I'm not on my phone while I'm driving. I'm a safe driver. Uh, Punk decides to go ham, as the kids say, on his Instagram. Look, everyone, Brian Alvarez doesn't like it when misinformed internet trolls make up rumors about him. So please stop making up rumors and stories for clicks while Brian makes up rumors and stories for clicks, okay? He's married, for God's sake. By God, that man has a family. Parentheses, Brian Alvarez, shut the fuck up and stop talking about me challenge day one. Hmm. So then um, he posts up, uh, Punk posts up an email, definitely not sent from Brian Alvarez to Cole Cabana, uh, definitely not um, 17 years old. Uh, I feel stupid even bothering to write this. But Bix is in one of his moods, and I've been reading the stupidest shit the last three days. If you ever talk to Punk about this, and I doubt you will, and I doubt even more that he'd give a fuck, please let him know that I do not or have ever had any problem with him. It has been four years, and Bix still believes that I hold a grudge against Punk because he was dating Maria. The best part of this is that I'm writing this on my anniversary weekend with my wife. My wife. I can only imagine the shit that will be written in another four years. So yeah, hope things are going well for you, and let me know if you need anything. And that was supposedly from Alvarez to Colt. Well, we okay. So um, we don't know who that was sent to, but I'm saying publicly it was sent to Colt Cabana. Um, Okay. So, again, my timeline is a little off. He was referring to things that happened 17 years ago when Punk first went to Ohio Valley Wrestling. And there was stuff that Brian would repeatedly put in the newsletter in regards to Punk. And it was information that was being floated to um, Brian by people in uh, OVW. And Punk had a real negative reputation at that time for, like, him be- not being a good worker, that he's not a good wrestler, but he could act like a good wrestler. He's still too indie, whatever it is, right? And this is the line that um, was in question that Alvarez said about Punk at the time of the Wrestling Observer. 
there is a belief that punk is dangerous around the girls and the term used was girls meaning that just because he might be hooked up with a particular girl means nothing or vice versa so then punk follows it up with friendly reminder i haven't been on tv in nine months and you all can't stop talking about me maybe stop you'll feel better Love, hate, it's all the same. I don't enjoy being the sole person that props up entire misinformed clickbait industry based on toxic gossip from lying sources. But what can you do? When you're the king, it comes with the crown. (laughs) (laughs) So in the Morning Observer report, Dave, in his verbiage, more or less said all of this is true in regards to the Ace Steel thing. Um, more or less in regards to Punk's involvement, more or less that this is information that's being floated to him by, at the very least, Chris Jericho, and maybe a source or two if you go listen to the interview on the Patreon that I did with uh, Derek Sabato. All of that being said, CM Punk is the messiest bitch in the world, and I find this all hilarious. And I love everybody choosing sides in regards to this. (laughs) I choose no sides. The side I choose is Eddie Kingston, Orange Cassidy, Claudio Castagnoli, uh, to a lesser extent, Double J, mm. John Moxley, um, let's go Blue. as far to say Ruby Riot, Willow, Conti. Willow Nightingale, Tony people Storm. that I know, people that I've met, people that I consider either friends or I'm friendly with, I hope they're okay. And I hope with whatever these deals that are going on is, they're getting more money and not having to deal with all of this bullshit that's going on. Wrestling is great when there's no bullshit involved. Obviously, us fans love all this bullshit, but I have no horse in the race. I He had his year. I know CM Punk is a bad person. I know the Young Bucks are bad people, even though they've done good things to a lot of other people. I know deep down in their hearts they're rotten, horrible pieces of trash. So I hope they all quit AEW and leave. Hmm. I hope the Bucks quit AEW because Tony's bringing uh, CM Punk back. I hope CM Punk quits AEW because he doesn't like the uh, thank you note that was written to him for the Starbucks gift cards that he gave to suck up to the women on the roster. And then I hope we never hear from them again. I know that's not what everybody else wants, but that's what I want. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Ed, I hope that was uh, enough of a recap for you. <laughs> <laughs> now, bear in mind, I didn't want to do this, okay? <laughs> yeah. It's not like I texted Ed and told him to call in so I could talk about it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, we mentioned the LVAC show. Um, we mentioned um, the Patreon, of course. We're going to be putting up the episode of us reviewing uh, the 2004 hit film See No Evil starring Glenn Kane Jacobs. Mm-hmm. Um, next week's homework is going to be World Wrestling Entertainment Over the Edge uh, 1998. Took place on May 31st uh, of that year. Um, I don't want to tip my hand a bunch, but maybe my favorite match of 1998 and one of my top five favorite matches of all time is on this card. And let me just ask you this, Joe. Roughly how long is this presentation on the cock? 
Um, I or, don't know. I, want, I, I have a um, absolutely legal copy that I'm going to watch with all the original musics and so forths. Okay. Um, yeah. Let me look to see how long that is. Uh, just because, uh, you know, pay-per-views could potentially... Ooh. It's about two hours and 47 minutes. Ah, uh, that's that's a little rough. That's okay. like two and a half Miz movies. <laughs> well, listen, I, I sign uh, when we're doing the, the WW2000 stuff. Um, I'm watching, uh, I'm assigning uh, like WCW pay-per-views, which are around that time. Uh, so, well, WCW flies by because it's such a good time, but. Oh, yeah, that must be what it is. Yeah. Okay. So how about I, I say this, okay? All right. Um, is there something skippable is what I'm getting at. Okay. So there's vignettes throughout the entire night with Austin and McMahon and Dude Love that are crucial to the show, okay? Uh-huh. So it's up to you then to find those fucking vignettes and stuff, right? Um, you have to watch the Kane versus Vader mask versus mask match. Okay. And you have to watch the main event. Those are the only two matches that you have to watch. But, um, you have to watch all of the Vince Austin dude love skits and interviews and vignettes that take place during the course of the evening. All right. I mean, I'll most likely watch the whole thing, but maybe there'll be some matches that don't have uh, as detailed notes as people have come to expect from my uh, <laughs> my homework uh, assignments. Mm. All right. Also available on the Patreon uh, is your Joe Versations, Conversations with Joe, uh, with Derek Sabato that released this week. That's right. Um. I peeled back the curtain a little bit. Like that was recorded like three weeks ago. Yeah. Blame um, me guys. Just if anybody's wondering, blame me. I'm the one that's uh, scheduling these things. You know, you gotta, you gotta squeeze a couple extra bucks out of people. Sometimes <laughs> it was one of those things where the Ian interview went up. It got some good response. Derek reached out to me and he's like, Hey, I really like the interview. So on and so forth. And I go, hey, we're talking. You want to do an interview? And he's like, yep. When do you want to do it? He goes, how about tomorrow? I'm like, perfect. Let's do it. You know? <laughs> yeah. So uh, the next interview that I have lined up is going to be a little bit closer. Like, it's going to be recorded and then rolled out a little bit closer in time frame. And like I said, I have the next two interview subjects lined up. Um, whether or not they happen is another story. It's all bonus stuff over on the Patreon, right? You get the homework. You get the classic at odds stuff. Uh, you get my show notes for whatever the homework is. If the interviews Sel- happen, the interviews happen, you know? Yeah, the Joe Sposo selfie of the month. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a big uh, ratings draw or something. <laughs> it probably gets the most likes out of anything that we put up on the Patreon. Hmm. A lot of people with a free hand clicking that like button. <laughs> well, I, I, you have to remind me, uh, I know last month I teased that I was going to send, I was going to send you uh, feet pics. You have uh-huh. to remind me for this month to do feet picks. I'm going to remind you not to. <laughs> All right. Uh, unless people are willing to do a higher tier to have the feet picks, then I'd be willing to, to accidentally take a look. I mean, is there a way you could just upload it? I'll give you my login. Uh, you could we'll do that. We'll talk off the air. I just don't want to yeah. see this. <laughs> I will pay an additional $5 a month so that I don't have to see them. <laughs> but... 
anyways, thank you for what you do with these uh, these interviews, with the conversations with Joe. Um, I listened to the Sabato interview when you gave it to me like a month and a half ago, and then I listened to it again uh, right after it was scheduled to go up or posted to go up, and uh, it was a good it was a good listen. So. Look forward to hearing what you have in store, which, guys, I'm not even kayfabing here. Like, I will know when he sends me the file. You know, that'll be when I find out. So. Yeah, it's just these are these are two um, tough people to pin down, you know? Uh-huh. So, uh, you know. Yeah, happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't, you know? Yeah, yeah. The only way you'll find out is to sign up to patreon.com slash wrestling or at OzWrestling.com slash Patreon. It works both ways. Uh, hey, another way you can help us out is uh, through our eBay affiliate program. Uh, when you click on links to various merchants on this site and make a purchase, this can result in the site earning a commission. Affiliate programs and affiliations include, but are not limited to, the eBay Partner Network. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have the same ring to it. No, it doesn't. Plus, you know what I was thinking? I, I miss... Having the ability to read the purchases, you know, it just tells you the categories, like the the wide arching category. But we had one good week where I was able to read uh, the Amazon purchases, but uh, maybe someday. I think that ship has sailed, sadly. Yeah, no, I just mean like maybe eBay will get more detailed, more detailed. Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe we'll see. Yeah. Any T public sales going on yet? Or is that Uh, next week? Next week is the T public sale. Gotcha. All right. Well, you know what? You don't have to wait till next week for Joe listening to these podcasts. Those podcasts are Long Box Heroes, Long Box Heroes After Dark, Final Wrestling Place, We Need Wrestling, Porch Talk, Viewer's Choice, Wrestling Cheers, Indie Wrestling Guide, Wings on Wings, and allegedly a second episode in production right now. Hi, Abusi, a wrestling adjacent podcast. And I, I'll, I'll, you know, I'm not going to be as, um, be as direct here as I am on other shows in regards to this. But Ed has been guesting on other podcasts in and around the network. He was just on the Stink Sheet this past week. Yeah. Um, and I feel bad for Kurt having to listen to Ed plug the podcast that he'll never be on. <laughs> That's true. Like, if there's one thing I know about Hayabusi, uh, is that Kurt will never be on it. Like, there's. There's no rules except for that one rule. That's the best thing about that show. So uh, I think that's it except for your favorite part of the show, right? That's true. Let's do it. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. Figures will be bought. <laughs> so, Joe, did you buy a bunch of stuff? Nope, I'm on a spending hold uh, currently, only because uh, my birthday is approaching. And I don't want to be the person who's like, oh, I'm buying a bunch of shit that I want and I'm taking things away from like the two or three people that buy me something for my birthday. Um, You know, it's one of those things where if I don't get the things that I want for my birthday, I'm an adult and I'll literally just buy them the next day. So um, two weeks from now, we'll have weekly purchases for me. 
All right. So in less than two weeks is Joe's birthday, apparently. Uh, sometime in the next whatever. Fair enough. Um, I don't have a large quantity week. Um, couple quick hits, I will just say. Um, you know, you get the same Paternia updates, I assume, of like, hey, here's all the deals that are going on today. Yeah. Um, yet, I guess Big Bad Toy Store does like daily specials. Uh, and I got on their mailing list as well recently. Uh, and yesterday, the one thing that caught my attention, I actually sent it over to Todd because he said that he was interested in maybe finding this figure. Um, there is an Andor uh, Black Series figure. And it comes with the sleepy droid, you know, that like keeps his battery keeps dying. Yes. Uh, but it's like a $60 two pack. And yesterday, Big Bad Toy Store had it for 20 bucks. Woo. So I sent that over to Todd and he's like, oh, you know, Todd, uh, unfortunately, he doesn't follow the path of Fig Daddy Cool. He sees a deal and he's just like, oh, I guess it's a good deal. Uh, but I had to be the one to say, hey, I'm thinking about getting one of these. If I get it, would you like to go in on the shipping? And that was enough to push both of us over the edge. So uh, I got, like I said, a $60 Andor uh, figure uh, with uh, with the sleepy droid for 20 bucks. You know, you can't beat that. I'm glad you were able to be the enabler to Todd. Yes. And while I was there, I found something that, uh, and I'm going to send you a link to it while I'm talking. It's in your text message. Uh, this is something that I would never, ever, 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 ever buy for full price. But I just thought it was just the coolest, like, weirdest thing. And it's an imported two-pack. I don't know if you've gotten the link yet. But an imported two-pack of figures of the Winter Soldier from Japan. Uh, and I have never seen anything like these before. They're obviously Japanese because it's done in very much like an anime style. Yeah, uh, the, the, like um, the brand is uh, Nendroid or Nendoroid. Um, if you're familiar with like a chibi uh, yeah. figure, that's kind of sort of what they are. Yeah, and um, these are, I was going to say that Big Bad has them for like 100 bucks, and they were 40 bucks yesterday as well. And I was like, all right, you got me on a sale, you know? Um, yeah, you know, listen, I know you're a big Winter Soldier guy, but this is like, you know, 100% not for me. Yeah, no, I mean, I, w- I would, unless it was Azrael or the Winter Soldier, like, I-, I can't see me ever buying another one of these things. But again, it was just the, and if it was just the Winter Soldier from the TV show, I would have passed. It's that they have the the version of him from the flashback, or you can say it's from the Captain America winter soldier movie. And those are my jams. So, you know, I, I, that's why I got it. You know, am I looking at this correctly that he doesn't come with a shield? He does not come with a shield that I can see. Mm, what, what, what are we doing here? I, I don't package the things. I'm just happy. He like the evil version, the heel version has the mask and the goggles. He should you know? have a shield. It's like making a, Bret Hart Ultimate and not put him with the the title belt, you know? That's true. He doesn't even have, like, an open hand, like an open robot hand to catch the shield. Yeah, exactly. That's a big mess. Um, I have one last purchase, and I think I I can't even remember if I talked about... Oh, yeah, I asked on the podcast last week uh, regarding the Rail Riders Mandalorian game-used jerseys. I had asked if I should pay extra and try to win a jersey from, like, a a named player or just take, like, any player 
and I remember you suggested that uh, I just take any player. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I asked Marcus to uh, chime in, and uh, he never got back to me about that. So uh, this is on him, honestly. So I paid up a little bit. I didn't go nuts. Um, let's put it this way. I could have saved maybe 50 bucks, maybe like 45 bucks by getting just a complete no name. But I did spend up a little bit and I am the proud owner of a Davey Garcia uh, jersey. And that, like I said, is a guy who pitched for the not only the Rail Riders, but he's on the taxi squad. So he's been pitching in New York recently as well. So um, I actually am supposed to go up to the stadium tomorrow morning and pick it up. And then I got to order a frame from Amazon. So maybe next week uh, I'll have a jersey frame as my weekly purchase. There you go. But yeah, that was uh, that was my big boy purchase. I had to buy that jersey, and uh, I'm happy about it, man. Like, like I said, it's two two of my favorites combined: baseball and uh, and like Mandalorian slash Star Wars. So I'm happy say, about it. And Baby Yoda, yeah, Baby Yoda. That's what his mama called him, right? That's right. But that's all I got, Joe. Just like I said, not a big week quantity wise. More of a I got hurt by that jersey, so I had to recover. <laughs> and I'll just throw this one out there just so we could discuss it as I have it up on the screen here. Um, who, who is this who does these? Mezco? Yeah. Uh, is doing, like, the big-sized uh, Reign of Superman figures. Yeah, they had a, a steel fig before and a I cyborg. Know. Oh, I know. they're so nice. And it was the, as they call it, recovery suit, essentially black suit Superman, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, a little l way out of my price range. Okay. And it's not a collection that I have, but if these were like the McFarlane sized or style figures, uh, -huh. uh, I would be all over these. Yeah. I, I absolutely love a lot of these. Like the, like you mentioned, the, the cyborg Superman is amazing. My only thing is, and I'll ask you this as a comic guy, I read the reign of Superman. Uh, when did he have a beard? Uh, or is that like a more recent comic where he also used that costume? That's a more recent one where he used it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm not crazy, right? Like, he had the long hair back in, like, the 93, but he didn't have a beard back then. He does. So, uh, spoilers for Reign of Superman. Yes. <laughs> 30 years ago. Um. So, they do a bit where they have to explain now that Superman's back why, like, so Superman's gone, but Clark Kent's gone, right? Yeah. Now that Superman's back, Clark Kent's back. Well, how do we explain that, right? Um. So uh, they stage a thing where Clark was buried under some rubble somewhere, yeah. and like in a cave, surviving on like drippings or whatever it was, and he couldn't get himself out because he's just a normal guy. And when they find him, he's got the long, shaggy hair like Superman has here, but he also has a beard, right? Yeah, and um, so that's kind of like I guess how they could explain this. But there are other times in the more recent future where um, Superman has the beard and the long hair and the black suit with the silver logo. You know? Yeah. Um, I feel like, and it won't be as detailed as that, but I feel like there was a black costume McFarlane figure. Hmm. No, let's see, McFarlane toys black suit. Superman. Yep. Oh, you know what? Uh, there's a, a black suit from the stupid Snyderverse movie. Right. There, there's a black suit animated style. Yep. 
Okay, there's. I don't see a McFarlane it, here. Right. It, it it needs to be McFarlane, and it needs to be specifically the thirty years ago. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, they just released uh, in that line. Like they've been doing Parallax. They've been doing Impulse. Like the first original Impulse. So I, I feel like it's due. You know, there was a Steel. There was a uh, what the Kryptonian. Uh, the, the Eradicator. Yeah. So Last yeah. Of Krypton, yeah. Yeah, it'll happen. When it does, I might even grab one myself. I loved mm-hmm. loved long hair Superman. He was cool. Yep. That's it for me, Joe. Yep, that's it for me, too. Uh, long show, but we had a lot of calls. Thanks, everyone, for calling. Don't forget your assignment next week. Who's your dream almost opponent for WrestleMania? Mm-hmm. Um, that's the thing. It has to be like a WrestleMania match. You know, it just can't be like, oh, here's a throw-off on Raw. No, like, almost at WrestleMania against blank. That's what you got to call in with next week. And your normal calls as well, you know? Yeah, this is a stadium show. This is This is in front of... Hundreds of thousands of people. Right. And the crown prince or, you know, whomever. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm actually looking forward to people's uh, suggestions on that. All right. Everyone, again, thank you very much for listening. This was episode 242 of At Odds with Wrestling. For Adam, this is Joe saying be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks.